0: Good evening, it's good, some people are listening. I got this crazy letter sent to my email, not that, just this week. Some of you might know Andrew Lawton um, from True North, I think it is, Yep. He sent me a letter, I don't know how I subscribed to him at some point in time, but he sent, and I think it's just one of those letters where they slap your name on it and everybody gets the same letter. I'm pretty sure that's all it is, not like I'm that important to this guy. But he sent me this letter, and he says, I know you must be busy shopping, Christmas shopping and planning, but I want to bring you this story to your attention because it's so ridiculous. If you celebrate Christmas or any Christian holiday, you might be intolerant and perpetuating... Settler colonialism, according to the federal body in charge of human rights law. I don't know if you got that little note on your email or or anywhere in your messages. The federal government is doing some crazy things. I'll mention that in a minute. Excuse me. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Thank you. Father, we thank you that we can come into your house tonight. And Father, we thank you that we have your word before us and and so easy that we can open it and study it and look at it and read it. Where others in this world don't have it, don't have it at their fingertips, um, don't have it available as easily as we do. Father, we thank you that you've given it to us. And Father, we thank you that when we open it, when we look at it, you show us things. You show us things that sometimes we haven't ever thought of before haven't ever looked at before, haven't ever contemplated before. Father, we just ask tonight, as we look into your word, and we look at a familiar story, um, part of it's going to be about the shepherds. Father, as we look at that story, and we look at your birth, the birth of your son coming to this earth, Father, that there would be some thoughts that would grab us anew this year, and that would change our lives forever. Father, we just ask that you'd meet with us, that you'd use the words that I'm going to say. Um, Because, Father, I I have no wisdom of my own. Father, we need the wisdom to come from you. We need your words to come through me. And that's the only way that we're going to hear your message. So, Father, we just pray that you'd come and be with us now and share what's on your heart with us through me. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I titled this sermon, and I have a tough time titling any sermon. It's just, I don't know what that is, almost... I. Look at it, and I put some thoughts together and put right down what God's um, speaking to my heart about. And sometimes it's hard for me to think um, that I can give that a title. Um, it's His word. He wants to title it, then let Him do that. But yeah, that's my struggle, that's my weakness. Um, something changed. You didn't even notice it. November rolls around, and suddenly it changed. And for approximately two and a half months, it will be different. We notice it because right away the Hallmark Channel starts running their Christmas movies. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but yeah. And the season has arrived. The, the commercials change. Suddenly everything is about Christmas. And usually that's about buying and selling and, and going and getting presents. Um, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Matthew 1, 18 to 21. I'm going to read a little piece there for you. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary unto thee, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord. By the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The angel appears to Joseph, an angel. Um, The King James Version, a number of times it says, and the angel of the Lord. And I looked at that because some folk would say, well, that was one of those times when the Lord appeared as an angel. And others would say, no. And most versions, other versions will say, no, it should have been translated an angel. Um, Not necessarily that Jesus came, himself as to present the word or present the message that he was about to share. So it says an angel appears to Joseph, and he gives him the news of of the Savior. Verse 21, he says, for he shall save his people from their sins. It tells Joseph what this new child's name is supposed to be, Jesus. And Jesus from the Greek, um, when you translate that into Hebrew, it's Yeshua, or what we have is Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. And the name Christ is Greek for the Hebrew word Messiah, Messiah, which means Messiah, and that means the anointed one. So the Lord is salvation, the anointed one. And another important part from this Matthew um, selection of verses is the virgin birth. Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Um, A number of weeks ago, I spoke about the plan of God. That was one of my sermon titles, whatever. And I, I spoke to you about the plan of God. And I mentioned that Jesus' lineage could be traced back um, all the way to Abraham. And th- that one can be traced back all the way to Adam. Um, which is what Matthew 1, 1 to 16 shows. It gives you the lineage of, of all the way up to Joseph, from Abraham to Joseph. Um, in, uh, I think it's groups of 14 generations at a time. I think there's three groups. Um, and it shows you the lineage of, of Joseph back to Abraham. And Matthew uh, 1 verse 16 says this. It says, Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Now that word whom, when I looked at that, it says that is a feminine uh, singular form of the word, meaning that Jesus was born of Mary only. So in that verse alone, without looking at any other verses in, in, in our text or in our scriptures, that verse alone says Jesus was born of Mary, of whom Mary alone, feminine singular, not of Mary and Joseph. Um, Luke 3 verse 23 also gives us the information because it gives us another um, genealogy, and it says this, that Joseph was the son of Heli, and that um, has to be interpreted that he was a son-in-law. So that lineage that we see in Luke 3, verse 23, and through that lineage, that's showing us Mary's side of the lineage, which also takes us back to the line of David. Both sides, Joseph and Mary's lineages, went back uh, to David, and then to Abraham. I thought that was interesting. And we don't always think about that. We um, we just think that Joseph's lineage is traced back to David, and we don't always concentrate or think about Mary's lineage also being traced back to, to David and King David. Like I said, I, I came across this article the other day, um, Maybe and I said maybe you saw it. First reading, it says this, The Federal Commission declares that the Christmas holiday is religious intolerance. The Canadian Human Rights Commission, which wields broad quasi-judicial powers, argued that a day off on Christmas is discriminatory. They have declared that the celebration of Christmas is evidence of Canada's colonialist religious intolerance. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to read you a little bit Matthew farther, Matthew 2, 1 to 6. It says this, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, their king men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Then Herod the king, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Not only in our day is our government and our rulers are saying that Christmas is a, is a no-no, it's intolerant, it's you, stop. But this king in, in Jesus' day had the same kind of feelings. He was not welcoming this idea of the new birth of a new king. Um, I, I, this year as I looked at that, I just thought, wow, not much has changed. Then I saw this Facebook page, and I've talked to you about my Uncle Henry and my Aunt Sally um, just sharing a little bit about sharing at the funeral, and um, just as I shared um, in a group that I didn't think Aunt Sally was um, reachable to me. I thought maybe to somebody else, but I thought she wasn't as reachable for me. I thought she's a hard one for me to witness to. But this year, as I was going through some of my emails from some of my friends, I noticed this one post from Aunt Sally, which said this. It was one of those repost things and it said keep Christ in Christmas and I thought wow coming from Aunt Sally she normally doesn't seem to give Jesus a thought and maybe it's maybe it's a whole lot less than that but I thought wow that's it's at least a start it's at least a point a start and I thought maybe there is a little bit of hope maybe there is a little bit of something and you got to be careful because we should never judge what God is doing in somebody's hearts that's not it's up to him what he's doing I just wanted to share a couple of those little things as a bit of an introduction to get us, because I didn't really know what, when I was preparing this that Dave was going to um, be getting into Christmas stuff too. And, and as he spoke this morning, I thought, oh, 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 is he going to run over something that I'm saying? Is he, is he going to steal my message? Is he? No, it, it was kind of cool, it was just... I started to see. no, it's, it's going to fit like this again. He's, he's just filling in some of the gaps and some of the things that I probably won't say. So I, I just thought that was a cool thing and shouldn't surprise us because if, if God is steering our messages, then we, we should expect that to happen. Um, Luke 20, and I'm going to read you a, a bit, and this will get into the shepherds a little bit too. Luke 21 to 20. It goes like this, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with his espoused wife, Mary, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo... lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made it known abroad. Made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20 says this. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, heard, and seen as it was told unto them. If I said to you, the Pentatonics, how many would know what I was talking about? There's one. There's a few of you. They were a singing group, an acapella group. And they came out in 2014 with a Christmas album uh, that was titled, That's Christmas to Me. And I I can remember uh, where I was when 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 they came out with that. I can remember the the pastor's wife of the church that I was at. She she loved that album, and she said good things about it. She really loved the the harmonies and the way this group sang. And they they did. They sang with amazing. If you've never heard the Pentatonics, Google them. They're not a Christian group, but they their Christmas album, amazingly enough, had "Mary Did You Know." It had a whole bunch of good Christmas songs on it, and it had this one song as their title song for the album, That's Christmas to Me. And I gotta admit, if you've ever heard that song, it had a melody, and the way they sang it, it stuck in your mind. The problem, though, was that the lyrics didn't represent Christmas to me. Maybe what they thought Christmas was Their lyrics went like this, the fireplace is burning bright, shining all on me as I see the presents underneath the good old Christmas tree, and I wait all night till Santa comes to wake me from my dreams. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. I see the children play outside like angels in the snow, while mom and daddy share a kiss under the mistletoe, and we'll cherish all these simple things wherever we may be. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. The chorus went like this. I've got this Christmas song in my heart. I've got my candles glowing in the dark. I'm hanging all my stockings on the Christmas tree. Oh, why? Because that's Christmas to me. The final verse that they sing goes like this. I listen for the thud of reindeer walking on the roof. As I fall asleep to lullabies, the morning's coming soon. The only gift I'll ever need is the joy of family. Oh, why? That's Christmas to me. Now, there's a lot of nice thoughts in that song. The warmth of a fireplace, beautiful. The giving of presents to loved ones, wonderful. Children playing in the snow. I used to love doing that. It's lovely. If that's your thing, it's gotten cold on me now, but when I was a kid, I loved it. Mom and dad being in love, sharing a kiss under the mistletoe, incredible. Keep it going. Good work, mom and dad. The joy of family, amazing. All of us love going and sharing with our family at Christmas time, mealtime. Sometimes there's an uncle or something who eats kind of like a mess, but we get through that. We love going with family. But that alone, that's not Christmas. They're all nice, good parts that we should enjoy, and they come along with Christmas, but Christmas is so much more. And I would find myself humming that tune, but I couldn't sing their words. My boys know. I would sing this, the fireplace is burning bright, shining around me. As I think of that first Christmas night, Joseph and Mary. The little town of Bethlehem, no room for the baby. All right, that's Christmas to me. I see the shepherds on the hills, watching o'er their sheep. The sky that with the angels fills, the night's bright with their glory. They tell the shepherd the good news, and all the signs they'll see. All right, because that's Christmas to me. I've got this Christmas song in my heart, and I'm a candle glowing in the dark. I want to shine my light for all the world to see, Jesus. Jesus that's Christmas to me. I think about those wise men traveling from afar, searching to find that special child, guided by the star. They go to see the ruling king, but God would warn them in a dream. All oh, right, that's Christmas to me. The last verse is slight. Starts off slightly silly. I'd say for me, it's not the mistletoe or lights along the street. It's not all those romantic tales you watch upon TV. But the greatest gift. I ever received was hung upon a tree. All right, because that's Christmas to me. This world wants to make Christmas mystical, magical, romantic, about giving and receiving. You can watch stories on TV about someone who's about to lose their business at Christmas time and through a miraculous event and some. Friendly person comes along to help them get their business on. There's all those kind of stories on TV. And they, it, it comes to working out for Christmas time. And, and people and family finding love. And that's all that the world knows. That's all they want to see for Christmas. Um, about being generous. Scrooge, about being generous. About the fairy tales of Santa. And reindeer and elves and that craziness. Snowmen. I... <laughs> I was thinking about that just, just this week, and I thought, if you think about that for a minute, if that's all you think Christmas is, how is that intolerant? That's, that's goofy. That's goofy. Somewhere in their heart of hearts, they know that romantic fairy tale stuff, that's not the real Christmas. Luke 2, verse 8, it says this, The shepherds abiding in their fields, watching over their flocks by night. The angel appears unto them, and they were afraid. These were the guys that were out there guarding the sheep. Otherwise brave men defending the flocks from all dangers. Wolf comes, they kill it or shoo it away. Bears, same thing. Someone comes to try to steal the sheep, they fend the sheep And keep them safe and fend that guy off. But this night, they were afraid. And not just afraid. It says they were sore afraid. They're trembling. And what was the message that the angel said to the shepherds? Well, first he said, fear not. Because when he appeared, obviously they were trembling. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Comforting words without the threat of harm. Second part was this, I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, everyone. There's no discrimination in the message of Christmas. There's no only for this people group and not for everyone. No, it's for the world. It's for all of humanity. It says that. It is for everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Third part, Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, and the Lord, Yahweh, or God. Jesus was both man and God. And you notice that too? Unto you is born in Bethlehem a Savior. Jesus is declared to be the Savior. It doesn't say unto you is born a brand new conquering king who will defeat all of your earthly foes. doesn't say that. It doesn't say not a mighty warrior who will set you free from the Romans or any other oppressor. And I thought about that for a minute and I thought back of what the angel said to Joseph in Matthew 1.21. The end part of that verse says, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I appreciate what Dave said. This was about, this part is about his first coming. Jesus is someday coming and he will he will put all enemies under his feet and he will rule and he will set all things in order and justice will reign. But for this first coming, that's not why he came. Oh, how long is that ago? We were at Oxford. It was probably about 20 years ago. I had served there on all kinds of worship teams and all kinds of stuff there. And I don't know how it came about, but this one Christmas time was coming up. I was supposed to be helping on worship teams. And suddenly I got a sore back to where it was hard for me to get my jobs done at home. I, I can remember this because we, we put up a part on the stable cleaner, a new chute. And I was useless in the helping of that. They had, had to get guys in there to help us do that, which normally would have done that on our own. And I was thinking to myself, you know what, I, I can hardly get through the farm chores, can hardly get through the milking, can hardly, I don't know what I did, whether it was years of jumping out of tractors without using the steps or, or what, or I don't know what I did, or whether I lift too heavy sometimes or what it is, but I had a sore back. And it did not go away for probably about three weeks. And I was, yeah, bailing out of helping on the worship team. In fact, I think for a couple of weeks I didn't even go to church. Because I didn't want to be seen waddling around there, uh, hobbling along with the sore back. So I thought, I, I'm just going to stay home and rest. And through that time, I was, this thought, and I'm sure you struggle with this a little bit, because yours is much worse than just a sore back. I struggled with this God, is that all there is? You, is am, am I done? You're not going to use me? Not going to use me on a worship team? Not going to use me for, for anything? Is that all there is? Is, is, this, is this what I got to face from now on? And I was thinking about that, and thinking, I'm just a farmer. God, what do you want? What do you want to do with just a farmer? And then this thought came to me, and that's from probably about 20 years ago. And I wrote, I sing it. I'm not going to sing it to you because I don't want to scare you off. I lock the doors. Um, I sing it, but it's it's actually kind of a poem. I wrote this. It says, Christmas is a mystery. And that's the way I sing it at Christmas time. When Christmas time has passed, I sing, Have you heard the mystery? And then I can sing it for all year long. Christmas is a mystery, the story of God's love. That He would send His only Son from heaven down to us. The one who spoke, the sun, the Moon, and all the stars in place would be born in a cattle stall on that first Christmas day. And I had written those words. And that's, I was singing them along, and that thought was floating through my mind at, at this time when I had a sore back, and I'd be doing that as I was hobbling along, doing my, my farm chores as best that I could. And then I thought, I'm just a farmer. What use am I to you? And God started saying to me, look, shepherds, shepherds. First Christmas, I came to shepherds. Oh, and I started thinking about that. And then I continued writing. I said, but why tell the shepherds on that first Christmas night, sending the angels in holy robes of white, to share the message, good news of heaven's plan, the king of kings had come to them. Why not to kings, a royal message in the palaces of Rome? Why not to priests in the temple up at Jerusalem? Surely, God's priests, they should have known his plan. No angels came to them. Why was he born in a cattle stall? Seems like the least, the very least likely place of all. For God's son, the very king of kings to be, born with cows and sheep. He didn't come to sit upon a throne. He didn't come to lead armies against Rome. And he didn't come to make his glories fully known. Not yet. That's not why he came. But Jesus came to suffer, bleed, and die. And to become the perfect sacrifice. He came to pay. And I always imagined I'd be able to share that with a crowd someday and say, For your sin and mine. according to God's plan. He came to be the perfect, holy lamb. No angels appeared to the priests that night to tell them of Jesus' birth. Yeah, an angel came to Zechariah in a dream and told him about the birth of John the Baptist. And we know that story. But that's the only place the angels came to the priest Wow. No angels came to the kings in Rome or the king Herod, wherever he might have been. No angel came to him. Yet we know the magi came following a star and, and they were warned in a dream not to return to the king. But that night, no angels came to them. But they come to the shepherds. And some preachers, some people say, yeah, but it's because God um, he gives grace to the lowly, to the humble. That's where he comes and he shares. I think, it was, I think it was more than that. I think it was more than just that these guys were the lowly, humble shepherds. Um, I think there's a bit more than that. The normal thing I've been told and taught because I was thinking about that I I was thinking why shepherds God why why on that first Christmas night you send your angels your holy angels and like I wrote in holy robes of white reflecting your glory why do you send them to a bunch of shepherds on the hillside why what is that about and I was thinking about that a lot and Wondering, what does that mean? And then someone in, I, I forget, I think, it was, I think it was Sharon Ferrison, a lady that was teaching our kids at the time at, at Oxford Baptist Church. And I, I, somehow I think it was her that influenced and, and taught and said something like this. The normal thing for the shepherds was to put the flocks in the fold at night. You put them in a safe little corral, gate it all around, and even to the point where the Scripture said the shepherd would lay in front of the door so that no predators could get in, no thief, and the sheep couldn't get out without him knowing because he's laying in the gap, and he would know. But these sheep weren't in the fold. These shepherds didn't put their sheep away in there. And she said this. She taught... This and I'm not sure if it's 100% right. I I think it's believable, I think it it makes sense to put the sheep in the fold. You would know, Sim. I know with cows, if you put cows in a little corral all together, if it's wet, it's going to get muddy, and if it's dry, they'll get dusty and dirty. So, I'm thinking it's probably going to be about the same with sheep if you put them in a corral in a little fold and they're all in an area, and they're all walking around in that spot together, that place is going to get either dusty or muddy, dirty. And they didn't want these sheep to get dirty. Because she was teaching us that these were probably the temple sheep. These shepherds on the hillside kept their sheep out on the hills and watched them so they wouldn't get marred and blemished and dirty and be unusable for the sacrifice and they probably didn't understand it but they were being shown the one who would become the sacrificial lamb of god abraham had spoken that prophetic word and you mentioned this this morning uh, about his when he was told to offer his son isaac And they're heading up that mountain and Isaac says, Father, here's here's the fire for the sacrifice and here's the wood, but where's the lamb? And Abraham says, God will provide himself the lamb. And if you've ever thought about that, you've ever thought about that word, God will provide himself the lamb. And we think God's going to get himself a sacrifice. No, read that a little differently. God will provide Himself, the Lamb. God Himself will be the Lamb that He provides. And He did that through His Son. They were told what to look for as they went to the place where Jesus was. And they witnessed a multitude of the angels praising God. And then they disappeared. And they discussed amongst themselves what they were going to do. And they decide, we're going to go see this one. We're going to go see this one that the angels told us about. And it says they went with haste. Not dilly-dallying around, not poking along. No, they went with haste. They had urgent anticipation and excitement. They wanted to see this one that was promised. They wanted to see this new Messiah... Not sure exactly what it all meant, but they wanted to see him. And it says that, and when they had met with Jesus, they made known abroad the saying concerning the child. They spread the good news. They didn't keep it quiet. They spread it. In fact, so much so that when others heard it, verse 18, it says, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They were already witnessing. They were already sharing the good news about the Messiah. They didn't understand it all. They didn't. Didn't know what it was all about, but when they left, they were making such a commotion that people noticed, and they said, what's wrong with those shepherds? Look at them guys, they're hoopla, and singing, and praising, and carrying on, what's going on? And when they figured it out, like, wow, they were amazed at what the shepherds were telling them, the other people. It says, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. I was thinking about that this week. Saturday, we were planning on heading off to an auction, so we are up early. And I was thinking about that um, as I was doing my milking. It's, for me, it works like this. I'm out with the cows, and they're chewing their cud. So they're, they're meditating on what they've eaten, and they're, they're working it through. And and sometimes I'm out there with the cows and God is working it through me too. He's working it through what I've been looking at. And I thought for a minute, wow, what would that have been like for the angels? When God in heaven says to the angel, hey, come, I got something for you to do. And to that first angel that he's going to send, he says, I want you to go down to men. I want you to tell them this night that Messiah is born in Bethlehem. Hmm. And the rest of the angels, no, you're going too. You're going to go too. And those angels are thinking, okay, are we going to go undercover? Are we going to go unawares? Are we going to go, no, no. You mean we're going to get to show ourselves? Well, not exactly. I'm going to send you in my glory. You're going to go reflecting my glory. Wow. Full glory, as bright as you can shine. And you're going to go tell them, wow. To who? To those shepherds down there watching their sheep on the hillside. Not to a king? No, not to a king. Not to the priest? No, not to the priests, To the shepherds. Those ones watching the sheep. They're going to be frightened. Shaken in their sandals. And that's what God wants for us this Christmas. He wants us to go out with the brightness of his glory. Sharing his message. I, I started to think about that. The angels went out there. Um, There was a a pastor not long ago who said the angels were never allowed to share the gospel message. That's not exactly true because this night they were out there and they shared the gospel message with these shepherds. And maybe not the full, what we know as the gospel message, but they shared the gospel message that the Messiah had been born, that he had come to Bethlehem and they should go and see. And they went out in the glory of the Father, reflecting his glory as it was shining through them. And it scared the shepherds. And the shepherds, as they went and they saw and they came back, and a bit of that glory must have been shining on them because when other people looked on them, they said, what's wrong with these shepherds? And they, the only answer that they could give was that they had gone to see the Messiah. They had gone to see Jesus. They had been time. Even when Jesus was just a little baby, it had that effect on people that they could not leave the same. And I couldn't help but think about that this Christmas season as we live our lives, and as we go out into this world, that we should be shining that message like the angels that night, that we should be reflecting not my glory, not your glory, but his glory to this world so that they would say, hey, what's wrong with that bunch of people? What's going on with them? This is not a religious intolerant message. This is a a message that's meant for the whole world, and it will only touch them when we let Jesus shine through us. It will only reach them when we allow him to use us to reach them and to speak to them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this season of Christmas. And thank you that some 2,030 years ago you sent your son down into this world to be born in that manger not in a palace isaiah said he had no pomp no splendor there was no royal parade in a manger with cows and sheep with animals with livestock in that carved out place laid down in feed trough the king of kings The one who spoke and the stars appeared in the sky and the earth and the moon and the sun. The one who spoke and life came to the planet and the the waves and the winds and all things were given into order. The one who spoke and gave life. That was your son. And he was sent to that lowly place in Bethlehem in that primitive time, not in a time when we have all the medical care facilities and it's pretty and and polished. No, but in that rugged spot to just that little virgin woman who gave birth to him in that that stall, in that place. And Father, you sent your son. And you didn't send him to rule on this earth at that point in time as a king. But you sent him as part of your plan from, from ever when you spoke to Adam and Eve and the serpent in the garden and before when you said that you would provide the lamb, that you would crush the serpent's head. You said to the serpent in the garden and that it would bruise your servant's heel. And Father... You worked out that plan through the ages and you kept it in order by your word so that that night in Bethlehem your son was born with the path that led him straight to a cross at Calvary. Father, help us to share that message this Christmas with those who still need to hear it that your son came to be the perfect lamb. And he did. He lived a perfect life. And without blemish, there was no, muck, no dirt that could be put on him. He went to that cross to pay for my sin and for the sin of this whole world. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. And Father, help us to shine this Christmas with a holy light to share that message with a broken world. Father, this message is for this whole broken world. So Father, help us to do that. And Father, if there's some here tonight that have not yet received that message as being for them, that your son came and died for them for their sin, then Father, help them to see. Open their eyes. Help them to see that your love did this for them that they can call on your son and they can have their sins forgiven. They can begin a new life and a relationship with him and they can shine for you and share your message to more folk who need to hear. Father, help us to do that. Father, would just give us the grace and the courage and be merciful unto us and help us to shine this Christmas. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.